YA is sponsored by Read This Book. Ever walked by a shelf in your local bookstore full of books wrapped in brown paper? They're blind dates with books, where you buy a book without knowing the title, the cover, or the author, and it's a great way to discover new books you might never have picked for yourself. We are giving away five blind dates with books. Executive editor Amanda Nelson is going to take a trip to her local Indian Richmond called Chop Suey, and she'll pick up five books at random off their shelves to mail to five random winners. To enter to win your own blind date with a book, go to bookriot.com slash blind date and sign up for our upcoming Read This Book newsletter, where we will send you a single solitary book recommendation once per week. That's bookriot.com slash blind date to enter, or go see if your local indie participates with their own blind date shelves. Welcome to Hey YA, from great new books to favorite classic greets, from news stories to the latest in on-screen adaptations, Hey YA is here to elevate the exciting world of young adult lit. Hey YA is a book riot podcasted, we're a podcast, not podcasted, uh, hosted by Kelly Jensen and Eric Smith. I'm Kelly Jensen, Eric Smith is on the other, oh, it's going to be one of those episodes already. We are (laughs) recording on Wednesday, October 9th, 2019. Hi. Hello. You would think after 54 episodes of saying the same intro over and over, I'd have it memorized, but apparently not. (laughs) So really quick, I want to talk about that ad that you read in the beginning. Uh, Hopefully our listeners didn't skip over them. Mm -hmm. Um, Because so Chop Suey was a bookstore that I used to go to all the time back when I lived in Richmond for for about a year. Uh, A, they have the best bookstore cat ever named Wonton. Uh, who is a precious little cat. Uh, and that, and B, that cat scared the hell out of me one Halloween. Uh, because one year they had like a haunted room in the bookstore and you go up and they had like a, a big canopy bed and they had all these lights hanging all over the place and like candles, all spooky stuff. Uh, and I was just exploring the bookstore with my wife and we opened the door. Big scary bed, red lights everywhere, oh, no. and Wonton, the precious little bookstore cat, like sitting in the middle of the bed, just like staring at us. Uh, we both screamed, and it was amazing. And uh, yeah, I love that bookstore. <laughs> I have a I have a funny cat anecdote for you that this literally just happened. Um, part of why I think I flubbed the uh, intro. So we, um, my neighborhood has a whole bunch of like feral cats. I wouldn't even call them feral people feed them so they're not completely feral but like they're neighborhood cats right they don't belong to anybody and 30 to 50 feral cats yeah exactly we've got about that many and um one of them had all these babies two years well a year and a half ago and that's how we got one of our cats is we have one of the rescue babies anyway so my neighbor comes walking home he was walking his dog and in his arm is a big black cat (laughs) (laughs) so we go outside and he's like you know i thought it was one of my cats but turns out it's not and then i realized (laughs) by the time i got home that i'm carrying this cat that's not mine while walking my dog and then i was like i don't know what to do with it so (laughs) so we are all outside trying to figure out what to do with this cat and uh currently the cat is in our garage and (laughs) um someone's coming by we put it on like a local facebook group somebody's coming by to see if this is their cat but um yeah so uh, not only do we have five cats in the house like now there's one that lives in the garage (laughs) (laughs) 
So I'm just thinking about this cat and like no outdoor cat lets you just pick them up and walk them. Mm, no, probably of- not. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, this is a podcast about books and not cats, yes, right? Yes. So so why don't we talk about books? Um Eric, I've read so many books lately, like so, so many, but I only really want to talk about the new Laura Ruby book and how great it is and how I also wrote like 2,000 words about it for um, a piece on site, I think early next month. Um, it's so good. When I saw that it was named up on the shortlist for the National Book Awards, I cheered because it is so good and I have seen Yay. surprisingly little press about it um, for being a book by a Prince Award winner, a National Book Award long list, you know, um, mm-hmm. but it's just, it's wonderful. It's a historical fiction uh, set in Chicago. It's about a Sicilian girl who um, she has been put in an orphanage because her her mom has supposedly died and her father gets remarried. They can't afford to have her, her sister, her brother live with them. So they are in this orphanage. And um, so it's a story about that, but it's told through the voice of a ghost. And uh, you see where the ghost intersects with um, Frankie. And it's so cool. It's just, it's such a smart and savvy and just like lush um, literary, creative, like totally different piece of historical fiction and yeah it was it was really rad um in addition to that i'm gearing up to do a ton of like author related travel and i get to moderate a panel with some knockout way authors at the colorado team book festival in a couple Ooh. of weeks so i have to finish i think it's two more of the panelist books so um that's yeah that's my reading life what about yours Awesome. Well, I feel like Colorado is kind of a theme this week because <laughs> I'm leaving for Colorado uh, tomorrow. Uh, I'm going to the uh, Mountain and Plains Independent Booksellers Conference for for my book. Uh, and I'm doing one of those like author lunch things where mm-hmm. you like sit with booksellers and librarians, talk about your book and you sign your books. Um, and some Hey YA favorites are going to be there. Samantha Mabry is going to be there. Um, oh, goodness. Uh, oh, shoot. I forgot his name. And I'm talking about Phil. I'm talking about uh, YA favorites. Phil. He broke the whole story oh, with Phil uh, Stampler. Stampler. Yeah, Phil yeah. Stampler is going to be there. I'm like so excited to get my hands <laughs> on uh, the Gravity of Us. Like I, I, I keep seeing that cover mm-hmm. everywhere, and I think we're going to talk about that cover in a little bit. Yeah. Um, and also, Emily St. John Mandel is going to be there on a non YA note, and I'm just going to be freaking out the entire time, <laughs> like hoping to get to meet her because Station Eleven uh, so changed good. my life. Oh. And yeah, in terms of like what I'm reading, I- I'm doing that reread thing again because i have an event with farah nasrishi in two weeks for the launch of i hope you get this message her book release is in uh here in philly um i know i've talked about that book a bunch on here that's for sure but that's because it's great uh and i also got sent an arc of adam silvera's infinity sun and when i posted about it on twitter like i swear i thought a bunch of people were gonna come like organize an oceans 11 style heist (laughs) or like six of crows heist because it's a ya podcast to, to come steal it from me um, but like even the arc is shiny and like foiled. Um, I'm probably going to try to read that this weekend. Uh, I mean, I've read all of Adam's books, so I'm, I'm super excited for this one. There's so much good stuff going on right now, both book wise, um, like in our reading lives, as well as like in the book world more broadly. It's sort of that time of year when we start seeing, um, you know, I know both of us have feelings about best of lists, but it is really cool to see like these big award lists come out and see what titles haven't seen the same sort of buzz that others have. 
Yeah, like I'm really excited. You know, we got the National Book Award finalist list hitting and like I was so hyped to see Randy Rebuy's book on there. Like Patron Saint of mm-hmm. Nothing was amazing. Um like I joked with one of my friends, I'm like, Can I update my author bio on my books where it says like Eric Smith is an agent author and was once in a writing group with <laughs> National Book Award finalist Randy Rebuy? Like is that <laughs> is that allowed? Um because yeah, I'm oh my god, I'm so proud of him. It's so awesome. And that book is fantastic. Um have you read any of the other um, books on the list there? I know you read Laura Ruby's book. I did. I read the Jason Reynolds book, which I liked. Oh, okay. Um, you know, it's funny. Like, I really liked it, and I think it does a lot of smart things, but it wasn't my favorite of his. And so mm-hmm. I was a little surprised to see that one made the short list. Like, I wasn't surprised it made the long list at all, but the short list, I was a little surprised, I think, just because um, I felt like his his previous books were a little bit stronger. But, you know, it's it's one of those things that when you are reading hundreds of books and you're thinking about hundreds of books, it's like, even if it's not a particular author's maybe best, it still can be so good compared to other books with whatever it is that the judges are are using as their criteria, you know? So it's one of those, like, mysterious things we'll never really know. Yeah, I need to buckle down and read the rest of them. Pet looks awesome. Mm-hmm. I, I, I don't know, somehow I missed uh, the buzz for that one. I don't know how, because I know it, it's, apparently been everywhere but i I read the goodreads description for it and was like oh my god this is such a me book i can't wait to read that one um and plus i want to be petty you know i want to have bragging rights (laughs) oh yeah i read all the national book award long list but you know like that's it's very important for me that's being petty is an important reason to read (laughs) uh oh and speaking of things going on in the book world that are really interesting um this this kind of blew my mind um so I love Denton's, Denton's Little Death Date. I love that book. It's so fun. Um, I did not know it was a TV show. Did you know this? So I only found out about this, like, I think last week. <laughs> I, was, I was putting together um, the hey or the What's Up on YA newsletter and pulling together a bunch of links about news. And I was like, did you know that this is a thing because I did not know it was a thing and it's a thing. And this is apparently not the first YA book that is a snap original either. Oh my God. Snap original. So for anyone else who is an old, <laughs> like us, like they, these are, it's like TV shows on Snapchat. So they're like mm-hmm. short episodes or like five minutes uh, a piece. And then there's like 10 episodes that like basically tell the whole book in like, I guess like 50 minutes or like an hour. Um, I'm going to have to download Snapchat like the youths so I can watch this. Um, and I'm like so fascinated by like the format. Like I was, I saw like the screenshots on the website where it's like, it's not like a horizontal thing, like a TV show. It's like, wait, horizontal. Yeah. It's like vertical. Mm-hmm. <laughs> which I, uh, I don't know. It, I'm amazed. Like I still haven't watched the Facebook watch adaptation of Sacred Lives. Oh, of me either. Minobly, and that's like one of my favorite books. Um, all these social media TV shows. I like can't keep up. Like is the next. Hunger Games book going to be on, like, Instagram stories and, like, (laughs) the hot new John Green movie is premiering on Twitter TV. Like, I'm – I mean, it's cool. Like, I'm happy that, like, these shows and and books are being accessed in new ways like this. Um, It just just blows my mind. It makes me feel old and – but now I can't wait to watch it. I'm going to download Snapchat probably tonight (laughs) so I can uh, watch the first episode. We should uh we should do an episode where we watch these like where we try Ooh. to watch these things on the different formats and sort of talk about uh, the whole experience and whether the book sort of translated there. Or not. I like that idea a lot. Yeah, put, that, <laughs> put a pin in that so we remember to come back to it because I think I think that would be really interesting. Yeah. Um, 
I I haven't watched Sacred Lies either, and I loved that book. I know what's what's wrong with that. Okay, that's it. We're, a we'll lot do of an things ep- are wrong with we'll, us. We'll do an, we'll do an episode that will be our motivation. Yeah, and there we go. <laughs> let's uh let's hit our first sponsor before we dive into the show. We're both like a little punchy. It's it's we're recording kind of late for us, so like we've already had our whole day, and <laughs> our topics today are like very fun. Uh, so so it all fits. But uh, our first sponsor is I'm Not Dying With You Tonight by Kimberly Jones and Gilly Siegel. Lena has killer style, an awesome boyfriend, and a plan. She knows she's going to make it big. Campbell, on the other hand, is just trying to get through the year at her new school. When both girls attend the Friday night football game, what neither expects is for everything to descend into sudden mass chaos. Chaos born from violence and hate. Chaos that unexpectedly throws them together. They aren't friends. They hardly understand the other's point of view. But none of that matters when the city is up in flames and they have only each other to rely on if they're going to survive tonight. I'm Not Dying With You Tonight has received so much early praise from best-selling authors, including Angie Thomas, uh, who says it's an absolute page-turner and sure to make an impact. Nick Stone, also a New York Times bestseller, says it's a vital addition to the YA race relations canon, and Seventeen Magazine named it to their best YA books of 2019 so far. The story is told through alternating perspectives of two teen girls, one black, one white, and focuses on the power of empathy and friendship. And it's set over the course of a night, so the story is fast-paced and compelling. It will keep readers on the edge of their seat. And I can't believe I haven't read this one yet, because it has, like, all of my catnip things. Um, <laughs> it is very good. <laughs> <laughs> did you read it? Yeah, so I was I almost did their event here in Philly, but something came up and I had to go do something else. Uh but then I didn't feel as bad because I think Lori Hulse Anderson was the one that took my place and like I feel like <laughs> that's like a slight upgrade, I think, oh. you know. <laughs> um but yeah, it's awesome. You'll love it. Awesome. Yeah, I'm going to pop that up the top of my my list. So, uh Eric Vampires, can we talk about them? Yes. Oh my god, I'm so excited about this. <laughs> they're back. I don't even care for vampires, and yet I'm so excited that they're back. Yes. No, me too, me too. I you know, it's funny, I predicted this last year. Like I started <laughs> seeing a few and I wrote this piece that I'll drop a link to in the show notes that was talking about how they were coming back. I was seeing a little here, a little there, and like in the last couple of weeks. There have been so many announcements for vampire books. Um, why Why do you think they're coming back? Yeah, it's just been like rapid fire. Um, I don't know. I think people are finding, you know, w- new ways to kind of like reinvent them in interesting mm-hmm. ways. You know, um, you know, like Chloe Neal had her series and like The Passage was on TV, even though it got canceled, which was like an absolute tragedy. I don't know if you watched it, but like. It was amazing, and I'm so disappointed. Um, the strain with their weird vampire monster things or whatever, and now now we're seeing it, you know, hop up and kidlit. So I know I'm all for it when you take when you take something you, you twist it around a little bit. Totally, and you know what I really like about this like current wave and upcoming wave of vampire stories is they're so much more inclusive than they were the first time. I wouldn't even say the first time around because the first time around was like the 90s. Second time around was like Twilight era. And now this is probably like the third time around. Um, but they're way more inclusive now than they, they have been in the past. Mm-hmm. Should we let's let's talk about some that are out and some that are coming out. And uh, I'll, I'll hit the first one. Yeah, and go for it. I'm, I'm so excited about this. Again, not a vampire reader but like i'm super excited about them because i think 
that maybe these will do it for me. Um, and the first one is an anthology coming from Zoraida Cordova and Natalie Parker in fall 2020, so next fall, and it's called Vampires Never Get Old. And uh, it's an anthology featuring fresh takes on old souls, and some of the contributors in this collection are just powerhouses. It's got uh, Danielle Clayton, Tessa Gretton, Heidi Healing, Julie Murphy, Marco Shiro, Laura Ruby, Victoria Schwab, Kayla Whaley. Um, it sounds like it's going to be amazing. Um, and that's really the only description I have for it now because it's still a year out. But when they announced this one last year, I was like, I need it now. And uh, I haven't really swayed from that opinion. And that is Vampires Never Get Old. Old? Wow, that was that was weird. <laughs> um, Vampires Never Get Old uh, by Zoretta Cordova and Natalie Parker. And that's coming next fall. Yes, I am super excited for that one. Um, so a quick little aside. Uh, one thing I got in my inbox today was about um, there's this comic book store called Locust Moon here in Philly. And now, now they publish books as opposed to being a comic book shop. And they are publishing an edition of Dracula that is like entirely ephemera. Speaking of vampires mm. coming back. So like. It's presented as like, here's the diary of like Mina Harker and here are the papers from Van Helsing. And you kind of have to like put it together yourself while you're reading it. And it like comes in a box and like, I'm really excited about that one too, even though it's not quite YA. <laughs> oh, that sounds really interesting. Oh yeah. That's a, that's a fun gift. That's, that's a, that's a good book gift for your, your book nerd friends. Um, Let's see. So my first one is uh, The Beautiful by Renee Adi. Um, this is the book that basically inspired this bit of the episode mm-hmm. for me. Like, I've got a copy sitting on my shelf. Uh, I haven't quite dug into it yet. So here's the uh, jacket copy. Um, in 1872, New Orleans is a city ruled by the dead. But to 17-year-old Celine Rousseau, New Orleans provides her a refuge after she's forced to flee her life as a dressmaker in Paris. Taken by the sisters of the Ursuline Convent, along with six other girls, Celine quickly becomes enamored with the vibrant city, from the music, to the food, to the soirees, and especially, to the danger. She soon becomes embroiled in the city's glitzy underworld, known as Le Corps de Lions, after catching the eye of the group's leader, the enigmatic uh, Sebastian Saint-Germain. When the body of one of the girls from the convent is found in the lair of Le Corps de Lions, Celine battles her attraction to him and her suspicions... Uh, about his guilt, along with the shame of her own horrible secrets. Uh, no, I didn't say anything about vampires in there, but this is a vampire book. <laughs> it's a vampire book. And, uh, yeah, this just came out, what, like a week? This week, I think? Yesterday. <laughs> Yesterday, but, you know, a week ago, <laughs> when you guys are listening. Um, and, yeah, I'm excited to check that one out. And that is uh, The Beautiful. I'm excited to read that one, too, because it's set in New Orleans, and um, both of us have been there. Have you ever been to the uh, Ursuline Convent? No, no. Oh, I've so I did a ghost tour last year, and they told us the whole story of that place. And then when I was back there last month, I walked by, and it's just like it's got this real, like, feeling to it. And uh, something about being down there and being in that space is like, makes me want to read this particular book set in that particular space with that sort of history woven into it because it sounds Mm. so good. My next pick is a little bit of a different one. And uh, this one came out yesterday as well. So a week ago for those listening uh, when the show airs and it's called Slay Like a Girl, Ditch the Demons and Be Your Own Hero by Nicole Asto. This is a nonfiction guide about Buffy, vampires, and feminism. Three things. 
all that go together with Buffy. Uh, Buffy was the show that turned sexist tropes in their head when it debuted in the 90s. And um, so who better than Buffy and her fellow babes, Willow, Cordelia, Faith, Anya, Tara, and others, to teach us how to slay our own personal demons? Uh, This is a book that examines the groundbreaking female paradigms presented in Buffy, but also offers a digestible, entertaining lessons for how to be your best self at work, in love, and beyond. And it features photos from the show, memorable quotes, and fresh input from ladies who slay. Um, It's an indispensable handbook for fans, feminists, and other fierce folk. And that is Slay Like a Girl, Ditch the Demons, and Be Your Own Hero by Nicole Asto. Man, Nicole Asto is so prolific. Like, I feel like... She is. I feel like every episode we're like, oh, here's a new book from her. <laughs> yeah. Wow. It's incredible. And we, we're only talking about the YA. We haven't even talked about, you know, all of her other books, too. Yeah. Oh, my goodness. Um, so let's see. Next on my list is uh, one that just sold. So you won't see this for a really long time. <laughs> um, but it's Vampires, Hearts, and Other Dead Things by uh, Margie Fustin. Um so there isn't anything about this book out yet, and there won't be for a while, um, but it's a book by one of my agent friends and a client who is a good friend of ours, um, and hey, YA favorite, Rebecca Potos. Um, so here's a, the quick blip of what we know so far. Uh, it's about a girl who travels to New Orleans, up oh, another New Orleans vampire mm-hmm. book, uh, in search of a vampire to save her dying father when science and faith fail him. Um, mm. So this book won't come out until 2021 with Simon Pulse, but that sounds pretty awesome. Yeah, I remember when that one uh, popped up in the announcements a couple weeks ago. That's when I started seeing people talk about our vampires back. And I was like, oh, they've been back for a while. Mm-hmm. Like, <laughs> this is just continuing to to <laughs> play into the speed here. Uh, my next pick is uh, one that's out already. And it's Chris Kirsten White's Slayer series. So book one is out now. Second book is out in January, and it's a two-book series. It's set in the world of Buffy the Vampire Slayer, and I'm going to read the description of this one because I haven't read it. Um, Into every generation, a slayer is born. Nina and her twin sister, Artemis, are far from normal. It's hard to be when you grow up at the Watcher's Academy, which is a bit different than your average boarding school. Here, teens are trained as guides for slayers, girls gifted with supernatural strength to fight the forces of darkness. But while Nina's mother is a prominent member of the Watcher's Council, Nina has never embraced the violent Watcher lifestyle. Instead, she follows her instincts to heal, carving out a place for herself as the school medic. Until the day Nina's life changes forever. Thanks to Buffy, the famous and infamous slayer that Nina's father died protecting, Nina is not only the newest chosen one, she's the last slayer ever. Period. As Nina hones her skills with her watcher and training Leo, there's plenty to keep her occupied. A monster fighting ring, a demon who eats happiness, a shadowy (laughs) figure that keeps popping up in Nina's dreams. But it's not until bodies start turning up that Nina's new powers will truly be tested, because someone she loves might be next. One thing is clear, though. Being chosen is easy, but making choices is hard. And that is... um, Kirsten White Slayer series. The book first, the first book is Slayer, and I believe the second book is called Watcher, and that one's out in January. Awesome. My next one is uh, technically a middle grade book. I'm sorry, but it is uh, <laughs> Fake Blood by Whitney Gardner. Um, so this one came out last year, and it's super crossover ish. Um, it's about a middle school kid who dresses up like a vampire to get the attention of his crush, and then learns that she is a vampire slayer. Um, it's so hilarious and heartfelt, and it's just. 
full of so many like delicious little gems like illustrated throughout. Um, it's a book that if you slept on it last year, pick it up because it's an absolute favorite in my house, especially with my toddler who does not understand it, um, but just mm-hmm. really loves Whitney's like gorgeous artwork. Um, she's one of those rare like author and illustrator types, and this is a gigantic book. I'm I'm. Very jealous of that kind of talent. And it's uh, Fake Blood by Whitney Gardner. My next and last one isn't even a book I'm going to recommend, but rather like a note I made to myself to bring up uh, that I found this interesting. So PC and Kristen cast the House and Night series, which came out about the same time as Twilight, um, just got option for TV like this week, um, hmm. which is I think it's one of the like OG vampire series. And I'm really surprised it took this long to be optioned. So yeah. it it all fit in with the talking about adaptations and talking about vampire stories like this one is going to be coming back, I think, into into focus. Um, they've written a number of books since that series. Maybe they're still writing books in the series. It's a long one, um, but it'll be interesting to see if the TV show brings some renewed interest in some of those older vampire stories, as well as obviously the the new ones that are coming as well. Yeah, and there's a couple new ones from YA authors who are writing adult books. Uh, mm-hmm. Jay Kristoff has one coming out with St. Martin's Press next year called Empire of the Vampire. And I just, <laughs> I have opinions on that title, but okay. <laughs> You do, you, Jay. And then, um, and then Lydia Kang has another adult novel coming out with Lake Union called Opium and Absinthe, um, which, according to the description, uh, is centered on a wealthy New York heiress battling a morphine addiction uh, and confronting a series of vampire-like slayings occurring just after the first publication of Bram Stoker's Ooh. Dracula. Uh, and I just love books that take, like, another book and make it into, like, a mystery or something like mm-hmm. that's that's like the adult fiction catnip for me like i uh <laughs> i loved um oh shoot um matthew pearl he wrote like the dante club and like mm-hmm. the poe i don't know the the, the, the poe equation or whatever like it, it's all different basically all his books are like here's a literary figure and now they're solving a mystery and i'm like okay yes i'm i'm <laughs> in i believe it i believe wordsworth is somehow a detective <laughs> seeking out stuff like it's i don't know they're it's like the da vinci code but with like literary figures and I, i'm i'm all about it hey eric do you think we're ever going to see a true dystopian phenomenon like the hunger games again or like have we already oh man that's such a good question i don't know you know like i i don't know when i always think about like anomalies in publishing that like mm-hmm. blow up like that big like hunger games twilight harry potter you know um Hmm. I mean, maybe we will, you know, like maybe when things get better again and we want to see more dystopian <laughs> stories, uh, you know, we'll see it explode again. Uh, yeah, it's possible. I just I've been thinking and, and you brought this up when we were talking about like what we were going to cover on the show today and we got to talk about vampires. But like some of these really big topics like you had brought up boarding school. Are we ever going to see like another magical boarding school? Yeah. Book? Again, that's going to blow up the same way that Harry Potter did. Um, there were a number that tried, and I don't know if they did. I mean, and there have been, obviously, that's a pretty common um, theme and, and story structure in YA in particular. Oh, yeah. uh, but, like, they haven't quite had the same pow to them. Yeah, and then I see here you're you're talking about uh are we gonna have another like weeper YA realistic story? <laughs> <laughs> 
and then uh, you 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 kindly left off the rest of my my notes there um <laughs> where, where i said maybe it's just because i'm too jaded and don't know if i've like maybe read too much ya that i'm mostly prepared now when i'm going into like a story i know is going to it, the aim is to make me cry that I no longer cry. Um, <laughs> it could just be me, Eric, because I know you cry all the time. I do. I do like a good cry. Um, I don't know. You know, like, I'm trying to think about, like, other really big, like, YA contemporary, like, sort of sob fest books. And, like, you know, like, my mind goes to, like, the Fault in Our Stars phenomenon. But then, like, you know, I like, everything, everything was, like, on the best list for a really mm-hmm. long time. And that, that one... I don't know, maybe I was the only one that ugly sobbed reading that book, but I did. <laughs> <laughs> well, I was thinking about, like, um, If I Stay was one that got me when that came out. Mm-hmm. And then um, Before I Die by Jenny Downham, which was a real downer. Um, <laughs> a real downer of a story that made me cry. And I don't know if, if it's just because I... I've read so much now that I'm like, I cry more when it, when I'm just like super invested as mm-hmm. opposed to like, I know it's a thing that should make me cry. Yeah. Um, like Laura Ruby's book made me cry um, just cause it, it connected with me like in a way that just made me like at the end have some, have some good, feel good tears. Yeah. Um, but like, yeah, I can't, I can't figure out if it's that, there aren't more weepers coming out or it's that I've read so many now that I'm aware that that's what it's going to do to me. <laughs> so I, I don't allow myself to like have that emotional experience. You're just battle hardened now. Like, I know. <laughs> <laughs> These kids with their weepers and their Snapchats and their Twitter stories. Like I can't keep up with it all. <laughs> Let's let's hit our next sponsor so we can dive into this next fun topic. Sounds good. So our next sponsor is uh, What Makes Us by Raffi Middlefelt. Uh, Aaron Sharon knows nothing of his father. Now, a senior in high school and living with his protective but tight-lit mother, Aaron is a passionate young man deeply interested in social justice. He organizes a peaceful protest, but when a heated moment at the protest goes viral, a reporter connects the Sharon family to a tragedy 15 years earlier. And asks if Aaron is anything like his father, a supposed terrorist. Soon enough, Aaron is wondering the same thing. Timely and powerful, this novel confronts prejudices, fears, and the strengths of family and community, striking right to the heart of what makes us who we are. A viral video reveals a teen's dark family history, leaving him to reckon with his heritage, legacy, and identity in this fiery, conversation-starting novel. Uh, Timely, fiery, and conversation-starting, this novel explores the nature versus nurture uh, is a thoughtful exploration of identity as a coming-of-age story and a beautiful, powerful story about terrorism, community, family, and social justice. It sounds like it would be a nice read-alike to Samir Ahmed's, uh, her first book. Yeah, no, I have to look this one up. Love, Hate, and Other Filters. I was like, what's the title of that book? <laughs> <laughs> it's like I can picture the cover, but yeah, no, it's that sounds like an interesting, interesting read. Let's talk about cover trends for 2020, which is like my favorite thing to talk about, Anne, which can be hard to talk about on a podcast when you can't like show the cover. Yeah, that's true. So just get your get your browser ready, listeners, mm-hmm. and, and, you know, hit pause, look at the books. Yeah, because I'll link them all so you can pull them all up and add them all to your to read list. We could also just describe them in detail. You know, do we, we have time. We can... <laughs> We could, but we could also just talk about our general impressions. Yes. <laughs> so uh, let's let's start with the big one, like the big, big one. And that's that like almost everything is illustrated next year. 
I have been finding it super noteworthy when a book is not illustrated next year. And two that really stand out to me that are not illustrated and that stand out to me because they're not illustrated and also because they feature a teen of color or in the case of the first one, two teens of color right on that cover, um, Deathless Divide by Justina Ireland, which is the sequel to Dread Nation. And then a book called Anna Kay by Jenny Lee, which is a take on Anna Karenina, which is uh, also, it's not just noteworthy because it's an actual image as opposed to illustration, but it's extremely minimalist too. Mm. There's um, like the girl is small in the front of the cover. The title is way up near the top. And then there's just a whole bunch of like blue sky in between. And it's really striking. Um I think because it's so different than what we've seen and what we are seeing in 2020 because everything is illustrated. Awesome. Now I'm going to have to look up that Anna K one. Uh, mm-hmm. One that I definitely noticed a lot is that there's so much brass and gold mm-hmm. on a lot of covers. Like there's a ton. And I feel like just like last week, we had cover reveals that showed off a whole bunch of them. Um, yeah. Where, Where Dreams Descend by Janela Angelis. Um, Incendiary by... AYA favorite, Zoraida Cordova. Uh, we Free the Stars by Hafa Faisal. Um, Star Daughter by Shreda mm. Thakar, which that book, that cover just got revealed and is just yes. gorgeous. Yes. Um, I like this trend because it probably means the spine is going to have like those gold letters. Uh, mm-hmm. It'll look nice on my shelf and I'm very shallow. So this is, this <laughs> is good. <laughs> I just saw too, Siobhan Vivian posted a picture of, she's got an illustrated cover for We Are the Wildcats, her next book, mm-hmm. and it's going to have the like, the gold inlay in it, so it will be shiny. Yes. Yeah, super cool. I love that. I love these like little details that go into the cover that just make it a tiny bit more special, like the kind of thing that you want that, that print copy of. Mm-hmm. So speaking of illustrated covers... I have to say, like, as, as much as illustrated covers are not my favorite, because they sort of blend together in my mind. Um, and that's just me. Like, they, they look so similar to me. But what I have loved is how many teens of color are showing up on these illustrated covers. And it's so refreshing. And rather than, like, list them all, some of my favorites that are coming out next year include Of Curses and Kisses by Sandia Menon, uh, Zara Hussein is Here by Sabina Khan, The Voting Booth by Brandy Colbert, which was just released this week, Salty, Bitter, and Sweet by Myra Cuevas, and then also, oh, I love this one. Um, this isn't really illustrated, but it's got an illustration on it, um, and that is You Should See Me in a Crown by Leah Johnson. Yeah, that book sounds really awesome. And speaking of the illustrated ones, like I'm, you're, I'm seeing like lots of like illustrated groups of teens you know they're like all mm-hmm. bundled together um yeah i know i brought up uh farah's i hope you get this message but that's a good example with the little mm-hmm. watchtower they're all sitting on um helen dunbar had a book that just came out yes and name is and escaping I me I can't, I can't keep those two apart because they look so similar oh it is clearly the same artist like it mm-hmm. is very yeah. much the same artist um <laughs> but yeah those two look very similar but it's it's you know the same thing with the group of kids um, Amy Spaulding's upcoming book that we used to be friends book has like all the different kids hanging out. Um, Aisha Seed and Becky Albertalli's Yes, No, Maybe So has them all set up like that. And then, um, oh, A Love Hate Thing by Whitney D. Uh, Grandison also has lots of kids on the cover like that. Um, I'm really into that. I like the groups of the kids all drawn out. Mm-hmm. And there's that, um, I can't remember the tit- title of it off the top of my head, but Sarah Gailey's got one coming next year too same thing it's a whole bunch of of the uh, teens on the cover illustrated 
Um, here's an interesting trend, and this is something I noticed a couple years ago, and it seems to be back for 2019, and it's that, or 2020, we're in 2019 now, um, there are so many eyes crossed out, so that you know the people on the covers <laughs> are not being identified or are being mysterious, and let me just name a few of them. All Your Twisted Secrets by Diana Urban, One of Us is Next by Karen McManus, Jane Anonymous by Laura Farias Stolars, Clickbait by Anne Vlatt, and You're Next by Kylie Shakti. And that's just what I found in a like quick search. Um, apparently, like there's a lot of mysterious uh, kids next year. <laughs> <laughs> I think that's all I have in terms of my oh man <laughs> my covers there. I know you have a couple more. Yes, yeah, I dig, do. Dig into them. Oh, I'm going to. So, Millennial Pink, the color for 2020. We were talking a little bit about, like, burnt orange showing mm-hmm. up quite a bit next yeah, year. Yeah. Um, but Millennial Pink, there's so much Millennial Pink. Um, listeners were like, what is that? It's it's like a baby pink. Um, some of those titles, if you're interested in looking at them. Uh, this Train is Being Held by Ismi Amiel Williams. What Kind of Girl by Alyssa Scheinwell. The Feminist Agenda of Jemima Kincaid by Kate Hadamer, Clickbait by Anne Vallett, Four Days of You and Me by Miranda Keneally, Freaky and Fresno by Lori Boyle Crompton, Miss You, Love You, Hate You, Bye by Abby Shear. <laughs> that's a great title. <laughs> so good. And Little Universes by Heather Demetrios. And that's just like, again, quick cursory look. Um, here's a trend I love. Maximalism. <laughs> these covers this is why i mentioned that anna k cover being so striking because it's pretty pretty minimal because next year it seems like all these covers are throwing everything on them um <laughs> i kind of love it and there's a lot of colors there's a lot of design going on um like it's it's to the point where it's a little over the top but also super appealing to my eye and maybe it's because we've seen so much minimalism that it's sort of refreshing mm-hmm. um some of the titles that I put down for this one, uh, Fair is Foul by Hannah Capen, which is this like bizarre green and yellow, like, and this big face on it, um, and big title in, I think, red. Um, then there's A Map from Here to There by Emery Lord. We Were Promised Spotlights by Lindsay Sprawl. And then The Night of Your Life by Lydia Sharp, which is that uh, Groundhog Day meets prom. Oh, it's the Groundhog Prom. Yes. Oh, yes. my God. <laughs> I cannot Did, wait for that. I know. <laughs> and the cover is just like, there's a million things going on in that cover. And I'm like, okay, make me want the book more, please. <laughs> <laughs> and then my last, like, <laughs> trend is that uh, snakes aren't going away. Like, the long-going joke in YA over the last year is just how every book has a snake on it. And <laughs> I, I rounded them up a few months ago, and there were so many, and we're just going to get more. Um, So some of the snake books in 2020, Ballad of Songbirds and Snakes by Suzanne Collins, Woven in Moon- Moonlight by Isabel Ibanez, The Midnight Lie by Marie Rutkowski, The Serpent's Curse by Lisa Maxwell, and Ghostwood Song by Erica Waters. Again, Quick search, but snakes, they're everywhere. They're everywhere. Why are we why are we seeing so many snakes? I don't understand. <laughs> I really don't. I saw recently there was a um there's some kind of memoir in, in the bookstore right now that has like a, that like YA snake on the cover. Uh <laughs> and I saw someone on Twitter tweeting about it and it's like, oh look, it's the the snake is telling its story now. <laughs> <laughs> 
Oh. How great would it be to have a YA book that is the snake from all the covers <laughs> telling the story? <laughs> Eric, that's going to be the story we write. It's going to be a YA rom-com about two snakes who were each on the cover of a YA book. That's it. Put That's on the it. same cover of a new YA book. <laughs> <laughs> oh, this man. episode has just devolved, hasn't it? <laughs> yes. <laughs> let's uh, let's before we we sign off. Let's talk about uh, a couple of the covers that like we are really digging for next year. Oh my goodness! Well, I am like obsessed with the the Lev AC Rosen cover camp. Mm, yes. Oh my goodness! So listeners, please go Google this. I think it's my yes. favorite cover. Uh, books coming out next year. It is, it's a, it's a summer camp patch. Um, and it's like, I don't know what the art department did to make it look that great, but it is gorgeous. I, uh, I really hope the author, uh, prints a, a poster of that cover and <laughs> puts it in yes. the house. <laughs> yes. Yes. Um, interestingly, when you put that one down, it made me think of, um, Redemption Prep. I don't know if you've seen the cover for that one by Samuel Miller, and it's been comped to Twin Peaks, which is, like, again, my catnip. But it does something weirdly similar to that camp title in that it's it's neon, and it looks like a patch, but it's not a patch. Um, I I don't know how to describe it, but, like, they give me very similar feelings, except they're, like, totally different. The other one, and and I put that one down because it also looked a little bit like this cover that I'm currently obsessed with, which is Megan McCafferty's The Mall. Um, I don't know if you've seen that one, but the book is set in 1991 in a mall. And so the cover is this like black cover with neon mall colored lights and then a girl who is clearly from 1991. (laughs) I love it. I love it. I'm like... The cover tells you everything that the book is about, and I don't it just Megan McCafferty writes some of my favorite books, and so this cover just like yeah, I hate books set in the nineties. I this is a common theme, but like I'm gonna pick it up because it looks awesome. Nice, all right, yeah, yeah, yay, catnip books, Kit, yay, catnip books. I feel like we have talked about a lot of books tonight. Yeah, this is a good, this is a good, uh, good roundup. Yeah, and they'll they'll all be linked in the show notes. So if you're listening, going, wait, what was that millennial pink one that they talked about, or <laughs> what was that gold one with the snake on it? Um, there's probably a few that fit that description, but uh, they'll all be linked in the show notes. And on that note, uh, thanks y'all for tuning in this week. If you have any feedback about the show, as always, you could leave that on Apple Podcasts. Lets us know how we're doing, and it helps other people find us. Thanks to today's sponsors for helping make the show possible. You could follow me, Kelly Jensen, on Instagram as Hey Kelly Jensen, which is my new name. And you could follow Eric Smith on Twitter and Instagram as Eric Smith Rocks. And we will talk to you again in two weeks when Eric will be out of town, but we'll have a guest co host with me. Ooh. You're going to be missed. I know. It's going to be someone awesome. I know it. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, after Sarah Dessa, and I mean, I had to go all the way to the top. I got J.K. Rowling. Oh, I knew it. I knew it. (laughs) Can you imagine? She's going to reveal something problematic. It's going to be awesome. (laughs) (laughs) We'll talk to you again in two weeks, y'all. Bye. Bye. (laughs)